You're listening to the Greek's Gridiron, live with Ethan Haristadulu. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to more of the Greeks Gridiron. I'm Ethan Hrissadulu, and today, as we do every Thursday, we're making our picks for week number 16 of the NFL. I'm going over who I think is going to win, giving my score predictions and even my thoughts on some of the betting odds for this week's slate of games. So make sure you comment down below. Let me know who you think is coming out a winner in this week's group of games. And then also, what am I getting right? What am I getting wrong? I would love to hear some discussion from you guys on this week's picks. We're doing pretty good right now. 138 and 86. I only need 28 more correct predictions to match last year's record. So I need to get at least 29 more right for the rest of the season to be able to beat the record that I set last year of 166 and 106. So let's see if we can get the ball rolling here. We had 10 predictions correct last week. I'm hoping for like 11 or 12 this week. Diving into this first game. We are looking right at the Jacksonville Jaguars heading into New York to take on the Jets in a game that has a lot of AFC playoff implications on the line. You have a Jaguars team that's really hot right now, and then a Jets team that's not so hot right now. Jaguars right now, that passing game has really started to blossom and I think is really starting to look like what people were expecting an offense to look like with Trevor Lawrence at the helm. So I'm really excited to see how this team matches up against a Jets defense that has been really good against defending the pass and more specifically defending the, they're not defending, excuse me, rushing the passer. The Jets blitz on average only 15% of the defensive snaps in a game when they're defending the pass. That is the lowest in the NFL. And then coupled with that is the fact that they are the seventh best in the league in terms of sacks per game. They get after the quarterback and they have to send the absolute least amount of personnel towards the quarterback to be able to get those sacks. An efficient unit, if I was to say so. Now, the Jaguars on the other end, one of the best teams in terms of keeping their quarterback upright. They're six in the league in sacks allowed. So this is going to be an, a matchup that I think ultimately kind of decides how this game goes. Jets offense has been in a really weird place right now. I don't really know if I can buy into it too much. And the Jaguars defense, I would say, is somewhere around middle of the road, like on your average week and maybe slightly above on a really good week. So I think for me, the key thing to look at here is can this Jaguars offense, specifically that passing game, continue the kind of hot streak they're on right now against what has been a proven Jets defense with a guy like Sauce Gardner, rookie who just got voted into the Pro Bowl? And I'm going to go ahead and say it does happen. And I'm going to take the Jaguars in this game here for the W. This is a little bit of an upset here. Jets are minus two and a half favorites. I think I like the Jaguars for an outright win. So that plus two and a half is fairly attractive for me. But I am going to go with the Jags. I like them for the W in this game here. I think that just... There's too much going on around the Jets right now, especially in the offensive side of the ball with the way the team might supposedly feel towards Zach Wilson and maybe not really being all in with him. And, you know, Zach Wilson didn't look great prior to his, his benching, and he has not really looked too great post-benching as well. And it almost feels like right now the only reason he's starting is because of the fact that Mike White just can't play. And that's a red flag in my opinion. Next game we're looking at here, we'll start looking at some of these Saturday games at 1 o'clock. Buffalo Bills taking on Chicago. Chicago, 3-11, and and they have not looked great for the majority of the season. There has been some fire from, I would say, like firecrackers, I guess you could say, here or there from the Bears offense from time to time. They have a few games where they popped off and, you know, played fairly well, and they got those three wins. But ultimately, the Bears have just been 
it feels like the Justin Fields show, and that's about it. And that's not how you're going to win football games. He's well on his way to potentially breaking Lamar Jackson's rushing record in a season. He's already at 1,000 yards rushing. And while this will be a fun game, I would say, to watch, especially it being in Chicago, we don't necessarily know what the weather is going to be like, and that could potentially affect the way the game ends up playing out. But for me, I just look at the Bills, how consistent they are. If they can just slow down the Bears' rushing attack, the number one rushing attack in the NFL, which I think they can because the Bills are no slouches on defense, this ends up being a game that the Bills handedly win. I have them winning 28-17, to walking away with another victory, moving on to 12-3, and and continuing on trying to put a stranglehold on that number one seed in the AFC. Next game we're looking at here, we have ourselves the Saints and the Browns. And this is one of those games on the schedule that, you know, no matter how much I looked at numbers and from what I've watched from both of these teams throughout the year and just trying to, like, rationalize why one team should win over the other, I really could not come up with an answer and feel confident about it. And, I mean, Browns are minus three home favorites. That's, like, about as standard as it gets. I really don't know who to pick in this game. The over-under is comically enough at 32, and I think that's hilarious because as of the last few weeks, the Browns' offense has been not very impressive, at least through the air. Uh, Obviously, you have a pair of running backs over there, ground and pound team. They have a Saints team that the offense has not really been too great for whatever reason. Andy Dalton has just been the starter all season long, despite Jameis Winston, I believe, being healthy at this point in the year. Uh, but I really just don't know who comes out with the victory in this game. And this is more of like a gut feeling kind of pick than anything else. I'm going to go with the Browns. I'm going to take them for the victory here, 24 to 23. Uh, I, I would not, if I was a gambling man, and I'm definitely not just giving my thoughts away to people as far as betting odds go. If I was a gambling person, I'd just stay away from this game because I really don't know what to make of it. One little interesting tidbit of information, though, for kind of what swayed my opinion, kind of a goofy one and not necessarily why I should be basing a pick off of anything, but just something that I noticed when I was looking through the schedule of the Saints. They have two losses following each and every single win of this season, except week one's win, where they have three losses afterwards. So considering the Saints lost last week, or excuse me, won last week, I think we're looking at an L this week. I don't know. Don't really know what to make of this game. Give me the Browns. Really tight victory. You tell me down below. I'd love to hear what you guys think on this game because I'm kind of at a loss between these two teams. Next game, we're looking at the Houston Texans taking on the Tennessee Titans. The Texans, obviously, the only team in the NFL with just one singular victory. Uh, I've got to say that... For me, there was not a ton of thought process put into this one here. Ryan Tannehill is out, and that's going to potentially be an issue for the Titans. But this is a game that is must-win for Tennessee. If you want to keep your playoff hopes alive, you cannot be losing to this Houston Texans team. With that being said, the Texans have been a team that, especially the last two weeks, have probably played well above their heads, but have been in it against some really good competition in the Chiefs and the Cowboys. You cannot just overlook these guys. It's a division rival at that. And I've talked about this on and off throughout the year. And the Texans really proved me right the last couple of weeks as well. The Texans is a team. They're, they are constantly in it in games that they probably shouldn't be. This is going to be another one of those games. I have the Titans winning. And I have them winning 20-17. to 17. I think it's going to come down to like a field goal type of victory where the Titans are kicking something, maybe in overtime or as like time is expiring to come away with the win. But this is one that is not a sure thing. But for the Titans, it's a must win. And I really believe in Mike Vrabel as a head coach. So I'm going to think that he can rally the troops in this game and come away with a victory and keep the Titans, at least for now, within possession of the number one spot in the AFC South. 
Next game we're looking at, we have the Seahawks taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. This one's in Kansas City, and the Chiefs are currently 5-1 at home, where the Seahawks are 4-3 and three in away games this year. Seahawks have definitely fallen into a hole. This was a team that at one point I considered a top 10 team in the NFL. Geno Smith just got voted to the Pro Bowl. I mean, the sky felt like the limit for this Seahawks team, where everyone was all in on, you know, the team first mentality. But I feel like, you know, it's easy to say that when things are going right, but when things start to go wrong, then you really start to get tested. And if I'm not mistaken, this feels like a three or four lose streak that the Seahawks are on right now. I think they were last seven and three when they won a game. So I just don't have a ton of high hopes for the Seahawks going up against a Chiefs team right now that is just really hot and playing really well. And whether they're, you know, offensively, I guess I should say, because the defense damn near lost them the game against the Texans last week. I will say that I believe in Patrick Mahomes and what he does week in and week out. He is a big reason why this team is even in the position that it is in because the defense has been honestly kind of letting the Chiefs down just a little bit. But Patrick Mahomes has really evolved, I would say, this season because you obviously lose Tyreek Hill. You have to dish the ball out everywhere. And obviously he has Travis Kelsey as his guy. But you're seeing Patrick Mahomes do things a little bit differently this year where his style of play has really become like the general of the field. He, you know, before it was like he's the flashy, really good young quarterback with the cannon for an arm. And he's, you know, tossing deep balls to his wide open wide receiver Tyreek Hill. But now you can see that kind of you can see the experience really starting to shine with Patrick Mahomes. And a lot of people are saying this guy should be the MVP or maybe no, it should be somebody else. He's making a real stake and claim for that MVP spot this year. And I really think at this point in the season, just based off of consistently playing well and being available all year long, I would say that Patrick Mahomes probably the front runner at this point to win the award. I am going to go with the Chiefs. I think they get the W in this game. I, the Seahawks, their defense, it was good for a little bit. It was playing, I think, well above where they should be. And you've gotten some really good support from some rookies over there. But it seems like they're hitting a rough patch. And I'm worried about them being in this rough patch going up against a Kansas City team that just seems to be in a really good place right now. So I'm going to take the Chiefs. I have them winning 32-23. to 23. I think it could be a closer-ish type of game. But ultimately, I have Kansas City winning by 9. Next game we're looking at here, we have ourselves the Vikings and the Giants playing in Minnesota here. The Giants coming away with a surprising victory, I would say personally. I thought the Commanders might come away with a victory. I thought they were the hotter team going into that game here. But Giants doing a good job on defense, slowing down the Commanders. And this is going to be a tall task for New York. The Vikings offense needed a half of football last week to win a game against the Colts when they were down 33 points. If the Vikings are playing a full, solid four quarters of football, this is going to be a tough one. I like the Giants' defense. I think they're a, a solid unit, and when they're playing well, they're a really good unit. But it's the offense, the injuries, things that have kind of held them back, and I don't know if things kind of get out of hand if they can really slow down the Vikings, and I don't know if they can really keep pace with the Vikings if they need to, and that's kind of my biggest concern going into this game here. So I am going to take the Vikings for the win. I think that their defense will be manageable. I think they'll be able to slow down the Vikings a little bit. I, I really feel like the Vikings kind of got a little bit of a wake-up call last week, though, and I'm hoping are kind of correcting some of their issues on offense to play a smoother game because it wasn't even like the Colts were really beating them 33 to zero. It was kind of like they were beating themselves 33 to zero. I mean, give credit to Indianapolis where it was due. They capitalized on every opportunity, but not quite as aggressively as they should have. And realistically with the way that first half went, the Colts should have been up like 50 to zero, but 
it, it again Colts are what they are so for the Vikings I think they get the win in this game 25-20 it's going to be again a tighter game I think that the Giants defense holds on but not just not quite enough and with the injuries and things kind of just holding back the New York Giants offense you know Maybe they get the running game going, and if they can really get it going, maybe they can control the ball, keep it out of Minnesota's hands, and keep it closer. I just don't know if they can quite get the win in this game. Looking at the Bengals and the Patriots, this one is in New England. Now, this is a tough one for me because I really thought the Patriots are going to come away with a win last week. You have one of the most just jaw-dropping plays I've ever seen in NFL history with the way that they lose. And now you're just kind of sitting here left picking up the pieces if you're a Patriots fan wondering what the heck is going on with the rest of the season now. This is must win for the Patriots and it's in New England. So it is good for you on that end. But you have, if it's not the Lions, it's the Bengals as the hottest team in the NFL. And I would argue that I would maybe slightly take the Bengals over the Lions just because I like the Bengals defense more than I do the Lions. But the Lions have been just as hot on the other other side of the NFL and the NFC there. I don't quite know how this Patriots team is going to answer for Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. There is a lot to like about the offense over there in Cincinnati. The offensive line seems to be gelling much better than they were earlier in the year. And if Joe Burrow just gets to wheeling and dealing, I just don't quite know if the Patriots have what it takes to keep pace. They're just, and I live in the New England area, so I get to hear a lot of the sports talk around here. And it just feels like there is a lot of drama and things going on over there in New England. And I, I at this point, I, I'm worried that this team is about to bottom out. I think that that loss is kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. I kind of, like, I really hope I'm wrong because I am a Mac Jones fan and I'm rooting for him, but I can't take them over the Bengals, and I think things might get a little bit ugly in New England this week. I have the Bengals winning 30-17. to I'm very much worried of the repercussions of the way that loss happened last week, and it feels like there's a little bit of like a defeated feel in New England. And I don't know if there's a way of resuscitating the team at this point now. So let's see what happens, but I'm taking the Bengals. Like I said, 30 to 17, I think it gets a little ugly. Now we're looking at the Detroit Lions and the Carolina Panthers. This is an interesting game here. You have a Panthers team that has found its way to winning a few games that you probably didn't expect them to win, but they're also 5-9, and nine, but they are still in contention for the NFC South. Then you have a Lions team, like I just said about the Bengals, on the opposite end on the NFC side, they are the hottest team in the NFL. I'm going to go with the Lions. I'm going to ride the hot streak. I really like what Detroit's doing on offense right now, and... The healthier Jamison Williams gets, the more dangerous this offense is going to be. And they are just hitting and firing on all cylinders at the exact right time. This offense has been so explosive. It's been so good. And while the Panthers defense is not necessarily a slouch, and they're pretty good against the pass. They're 13th in the the NFL against the pass in terms of yards per game. But I just don't know if the Panthers offense, with how discombobulated it can be at times, if it's able to actually keep up with the Lions if things start to get out of control. The Lions seem to win these random games where they're putting up like 40-some-odd points, and this feels like this might be one of those games. I know they're a different team outdoors than they are indoors, but it's in North Carolina, 
and it's gonna be nice-ish weather, I believe. I think it's just supposed to be cloudy if the last time I checked that may have changed. So I don't think it's gonna be anything too crazy. This feels like a game the Lions kind of run away with. I just don't really know if the Panthers offense can keep up. So I'm going to take the Lions 27 to 21. And I think I might be a little bit gracious with that 21 there. The Lions being minus two and a half feels like a shoe in type of bet. To, to expect them to only win by two and a half when this is a team that can put up 30 plus points in a game. And I don't quite know if the Panthers can even get to 20. You know, that feels like a real safe bet in my opinion. Now, the Ravens and the Falcons. This is a game that I don't really know how to feel. Lamar Jackson was announced as out like an hour ago before I started recording this. And all signs for me are pointing to maybe Desmond Ritter getting his first victory here. But I don't know based off what I saw from the Falcons last week offensively with him helming the way if I can really believe in the Falcons. The one thing that they really do well is run the football. Third best team in the league in terms of rushing yards a game. But they're going up against the Ravens, who the thing that they do the absolute best at is defend the run. So if they're able to mitigate the run, you have to just try to handle. And it's John Harbaugh going up against a rookie quarterback. You have to game plan around what, you know, a little bit of the unknown because he's still getting his feet wet. But Desmond Ritter had 97 yards and was sacked four times last week. No touchdowns, no picks, though. I don't really know if I can take the Falcons in this game, especially it being in Baltimore. I know that I think the Ravens are like 1-7 or 1-8 or something like that without Lamar Jackson. It's an awful number, but this Falcons team is going through a lot right now, and defensively, not necessarily the most impressive team in the NFL, I'm going to gut feeling, especially it being in Baltimore, I'm going to go with the Ravens. Could see myself being completely wrong, but I'm going to take Baltimore in a lower scoring affair, 13 to 10. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. And this is going to be one of those games that you kind of don't want to watch. But if you're a Ravens fan or a Falcons fan, you'll sit the whole way through and you'll probably be sick to your stomach by the end of it. No matter who ends up winning, you might have a, you might feel a little bit better if you're on the winning end, but you'll probably walk away from that game and it'll be somewhat of a sobering experience. Now, this is a fun one here. We have San Francisco taking on Washington. You have the 49ers and a rookie quarterback and arguably the best defense in the NFL right now because they are just something else over there in San Francisco. Taking on a Washington team that is getting Chase Young back. He will be available. We don't know how much he's going to play. Don't know how much of an impact he's going to make, but he is somebody that is there to play for that defense. This will be a good test because if Chase Young's out there, you do have to account for him. And by a good test, I say good test for Brock Purdy. Um, this team has, it's been amazing to watch how good of a position they've been able to put Brock Purdy into. Keep him protected. You have so much talent around him that, you know, he doesn't really have to do a lot for great things to happen because that talent can take that ball and make a play. It's going to take a really good effort by the commanders, especially coming after a, after a loss against the Giants in a game that you probably thought was really winnable, especially after tying with them the first time. It's going to take a lot for the commanders to win this game. My biggest concern ultimately is just them putting up points. The commanders are 25th in the NFL, barely averaging 19 points a game. You're going up against the 49ers who let up 15 points a game. That is number one in the NFL. They're barely letting up a little over two touchdowns. Going to be a tall task. 
that offensive line better be ready over there in Washington, but I'm it, it, it's it's in San Francisco. They're minus seven favorites. I definitely think winning by seven is doable for the 49ers. They're also six and one at home. Kind of hard to pick against all that. I'm going to take the Niners 28-21, get a nice victory. You go home happy and you continue on with what is like one of what feels like one of the more improbable runs right now in the NFL with this rookie quarterback, you know, I wouldn't even say being carried because he's managing fairly well, but managing a group that seems to be like a Super Bowl caliber team at this point in the season with just so much talent around him on both sides of the ball. It's been a fun story to watch. This is a team I didn't really believe in like a couple of months ago. And right now I'm, I'm really starting to flip on over into that believer side with what San Fran has brewing over there. Now, this is probably the most disappointing game that I have to talk about because it's Dallas taking on Philadelphia in Dallas. I was really looking forward to this game and I still kind of am, but no Jalen hurts is kind of a disaster for this because this was a game that I think a lot of people were looking at and had circled as like a, this is a, a, a potentially divisions deciding game, obviously not quite as much anymore because the Eagles are 13 and one, but let me say this. As much as I believe in the Eagles and how good their running game is, how good their defense is, this is going to be a real, like, how much value does Jalen Hurts actually bring to this offense type of thing? I think that Jalen Hurts has progressed more than anybody else this season at the quarterback position. He has taken a massive leap. He was, you know, everyone knew he was a great runner. But his decision-making throwing the football has just gone from, like, here to here. I'm curious if it's the talent or if it's him. It's probably a combination of both in some capacity. But I'm really looking forward to seeing just, like, how this Eagles offense operates without having Jalen Hurts and how much of a difference it's going to make. As for the Cowboys, I cannot believe they lost the game the way they did last week. You're going up against an Eagles defense that will make you pay if you make any mistakes. They got to play a good, clean game, but you're in Dallas and you're going up against a division rival that does not have their starting quarterback. This should be a win for you. I'm going to take Dallas 23-21. to I think the Eagles offense is good enough to keep the game close. I just don't quite know if they're going to be able to take it over the hump and pull out a victory, especially it being in Dallas. So I'm going to take the Cowboys. Now the Raiders and Steelers... I'll say this, I have absolutely zero pulse for what the Steelers are doing this year. It feels like every time I pick them to win, they lose, and every time I pick them to lose, they win. So, for some of you that are listening, if you're going to make a bet on the money line, probably say the go for the opposite that I pick here, most likely, is what that feels like. Um, the Raiders win a game last week that, you know, they... they Probably shouldn't have won or were like on like the cusp of potentially losing. They did win though. Hats off to them. But it really kind of felt like the Patriots were going to figure something out there until that final disastrous play at the end there. I thought, you know, going to overtime and then, you know, if it just kind of felt like the tide was turning towards New England at the end there. Then you have the Pittsburgh Steelers who, like I said, I feel like they win games I expect them to lose and they lose games I expect them to win. I will say though that for a Raiders team that is kind of like middle of the road for everything, I do think that the Steelers defense could give them some problems because when I look at their defense, I think they're a really solid unit and I think that they can be really effective at shutting down what you're best at. 
uh, a la like similar to the Patriots. And I would probably take the secondary in Pittsburgh at this moment over New England because they've been dealing with some injuries. So I could see them giving the Raiders even more problems. It's really going to boil down to just can how much like how much can the Steelers team one protect whoever their quarterback is going to be for this game, and then two. Are they going to be able to move the football effectively? The offensive line has been a real big problem in Pittsburgh this whole year. And I, like I said, I don't know what to make of this team. And I and the Raiders, honestly, are kind of in that same boat. They're, they're a team that rattled off a few wins and everyone thought, oh, maybe they'll get hot. But then they just kind of like have sputtered out and they've had some ugly wins and they've had some tough losses. I, this is another one of those games. This and, the, this and the Saints and Browns game were probably too hard for me to decide on this week. I'm going to go with the Steelers. My gut is telling me Pittsburgh. Uh, I don't really know why. Like I said, I have such a hard time picking that, picking their games. And if I could have like an individual record for each team, I feel like at this point in the season, I'm probably like one in 13 or something like that with them. Who knows? Or one in 15, one in 14, whatever the record would be at this point in the season. But I'm going to take the Steelers. I have them winning 22 to 19. I think ultimately the defense kind of prevails a little bit here. Uh, there's a clear recipe to slowing down this Josh McDaniels offense that they have going over there. And I think Bill Belichick kind of exposed that with how well they were able to kind of handle Devontae Adams and Mike Tomlin being a great coach. I think that their team over there is going to be able to kind of look at what the Patriots did and how they effectively handled the offense over there in Las Vegas and be able to do something similar and hopefully not just completely throw the game away on a backwards pass to Chandler Jones for a touchdown to end the game. Now, moving on to the Christmas games. I don't know if I've ever seen Christmas games before in the NFL. I don't think that's I don't think that's something that's ever happened before. I could be wrong. I'm young though, so I don't know. But football on Christmas, this is fun. We have the Steelers, excuse me, not the Steelers. <laughs> Steelers still on my mind here. We have the Packers, the other yellow team, and the Dolphins. This is a game that in September was like, oh, a barn burner. Because you have a Dolphins team with so much talent. Sky's the limit. If they're ever going to do anything, it's got to be this year. And early on, you think, okay, Packers, I think, were what? 2-1. and one. Dolphins were 3-0. and oh. That's looking like a really good game on the calendar. Here we are. Packers are 6-8. and eight. Dolphins are 8-6. and six. Dolphins feel like they might potentially slide themselves out of the playoffs because they keep losing games here. And then the Packers are trying to find their way into the playoffs now that their offense seems to have figured itself out a little bit. I will say that this is a game that feels like it ends up being high, high scoring. And my biggest reasoning for that is because Dolphins, third best passing attack in the NFL in terms of yards per game. You're going up against a Packers team that is, for all their struggles, the second best passing defense in the NFL in terms of yards per game. And then you have the Packers, who middle of the pack, no pun intended there, 16th in the NFL in terms of passing yards a game going up against a defense in the Dolphins that has been struggling as of late and honestly for a, a bulk of the season in terms of defending the pass themselves. This feels like a game where Miami maybe gets brought down just a slight level and the Packers go up a slight level just in terms of the defenses that they're facing. I think this one ends up being high scoring affair. It's going to be like 60 degrees and cloudy, no real bad weather. It's not like, you know, Northern team coming down to the South for a really hot, uncomfortable game. I know it's the weather should be solid for both these teams. I think this one ends up being quite a shootout as long as the Packers offense has really figured itself out and they're getting the ball to their playmakers. Christian Watson seems to be that guy. He's really starting to turn himself around and look like a legit dude for this offense. 
I don't know how bad that thumb is still bothering Aaron Rodgers. I'm sure it's not doing too well considering some of the passes he had last week. But overall, a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a fun one. I have the Dolphins winning 35-33. to Over-under on this one's 49.5. I'm looking at the over. I think a lot of points can get put up in this game. Like I said, again, Packers pass defense, a really good unit. The Dolphins, not great. And then like vice versa in terms of their passing games on the offensive side of the ball. I think this leads to a decent amount of scoring in a game that gets a lot of action. And I think it's one that ends up surprising a few people because I, I know a lot of people are looking at this and being like, wow, this is quite a dud for 1 o'clock on Christmas. The Broncos and the Rams, not a game I'm looking forward to watching, that's for sure. And I don't really know. I can't really spin this one positively, no matter how much I try. And I think I can be a good talker sometimes and make things sound better than they are. But this is not one of those games. Uh, the Rams have literally nobody starting anymore that I think anyone knows, um, except for a few people here and there. I know Bobby Wagner, I think, is still out there playing, unless he ended up on the IR and I didn't realize. Uh, but Russell Wilson does come back for Denver. I don't really think that the Rams have much hope to win another game towards the end of the season. Oddly enough, Baker Mayfield looked worse in his second game than he did in his first game when he was only on the team for 48 hours. Not really sure how that makes sense. Uh, but you're going up against a Denver team that has a really good defense that is being wasted away this season. And I, I hate to see it because it was happening to them last year as well. Um, I love the defense in Denver. I think they're a really good unit. The Rams offense is just not anything that I'm going to really get behind. I'm going to take the Broncos in this game here. I think Russell Wilson playing for them, despite the struggles that they've had on offense, is better than having someone like Brett Rippon play for them. So I like Denver to win 20-13. to 13. This is a game that I think ends up being a little bit of a lower-scoring affair. The over-under is at 36.5, and, and that's kind of surprising to me because both of these teams are literally the worst-scoring offenses in the NFL. You have the point, points scored per game for the Broncos at 15.6. That's 32nd. And then for the Rams, it's 16.4, which is 31st. So both of these teams barely even cover 30... What is that? That's 32 points on the dot uh, on their league average. I don't know how... Or their season average, excuse me. Not really sure where 36.5 comes from, but... Uh, yeah, I don't expect a lot of points in this one here. This is a game that, you know, I, I'd wish was a little bit better. Like, on paper, back in week one, Denver, a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a team pushing for the playoffs and your defending Super Bowl champions, looked like a lot of fun. Not so much anymore. Now we're looking at the Buccaneers and the Cardinals in Arizona. And another game on Christmas that, you know, not really anything I'm super excited to see. You have a Cardinals team that doesn't have Kyler Murray anymore. Colt McCoy is also hurt. Trace McSorley is going to be QB1 for Arizona. Going up against a Tampa Bay team that is 6-8 and and leading their division. And honestly, in a spot where they need to win this game if they really want to ensure that they can find themselves in the playoffs come the end of the season in a few weeks. I don't really see much of a road to success and a victory for the Cardinals. I think ultimately you're going to run into a Buccaneers defense. It's a pretty good unit. And... You're also facing a passing attack over there in Tampa Bay that despite the struggles you see from Tampa week in and week out is somehow averaging 268 passing yards a game. I don't like it does not feel like that week in and week out, but somehow the Buccaneers are pushing close to 300 yards a game like every other week or something like that. And I don't know where those numbers are going, but it has not really resulted in wins. But for the Cardinals, a team that just they're allowing the most points in the NFL per game. Their defense needs help. 26.5 points per game allowed. 
This is a game that the Bucks can capitalize on. They have not been great in scoring themselves. They're averaging about 17.5 points a game, 28th in the league. This is an opportunity for them to find some points, put that passing attack to good use. Tampa Bay needs this win. Arizona at this point, probably better off just losing the rest of their games, having lost your quarterback and, you know, defenses in shambles. You're probably better off losing and just ensuring a higher draft pick and some draft capital that you can maybe make some moves with. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay. I don't really expect Arizona to do too much in this one. I'll be legitimately shocked if anything really crazy happens in this where the Arizona Cardinals win. I understand they're at home, but Bucks are minus seven and a half favorites, and I have them winning 24 to 10, so winning by 14. That minus seven and a half feels pretty doable, if you ask me. And then our final game of week number 16, the Chargers and the Colts. Nick Folk, or not Nick Folk, <laughs> Nick Foles, excuse me, is going to be the starting quarterback for Indianapolis in what has been a carousel at the quarterback position for them because they had Matt Ryan, then they had Sam Ellinger, then they went back to Matt Ryan, and now they're going to Nick Foles as head coach. Jeff Saturday says that he feels he will give them the best chance to win. Uh, well, I'm going to have to disagree. Jonathan Taylor is now out for the season. He has been put on season-ending IR. And I know that the Colts were in quite a wild game last week against the Minnesota Vikings, but I think the Chargers have it together a little bit more defensively than the Vikings do. And while the offense at times leaves me a little bit, like leaves some to be desired. Like I feel like a lot gets left on the table with the Chargers and their offense. Like I feel like they're averaging only 22 points a game when I feel like they should be closer to like 24 to 25. And I just don't, I am a firm believer that right now there's a few teams in the NFL that is just in their best interest to roll over and take some losses and put yourself in a better position for next year. And Indianapolis is a team that has a lot of talent, but just has a lot going wrong for them in all the other places. And it quarterback, front office, it's a little bit of a disaster over there in Indianapolis. And I'm somebody that grew up rooting for the Colts. So with that in mind... I think the Chargers should come away with the victory in this. The other thing, and this is something to keep in mind, the Colts are 31st in the NFL in turnover margin, sitting at a whopping minus 12, double digits there. Chargers, 10th best in the league with turnover differential, plus three. They're doing a pretty good job at protecting the ball and also forcing turnovers. Uh, I feel like this is a defense that should be able to give the Colts some problems offensively, especially with Nick Foles now under center. You're bringing in a new quarterback. That just kind of seems like a recipe for success for the Chargers in this game. So I have them winning 27 to 17. Colts maybe find the end zone once or twice, um, but ultimately I just don't have much belief in Indianapolis, despite what happened last week. And as I mentioned with the Vikings, when I was talking about them earlier, yeah, the Colts were up 33 to 0, but realistically, they should have been up like 50 to 0 with everything that was going on. And they kind of found themselves in a place of we have not won as many game or not won. We have not scored as many points as we should have in that game and th this has just been a disastrous season for Indianapolis and you have no reason to win any more games. I know Jeff Saturday is trying to fight for a coaching gig, but the position this team is in right now just ain't it it just ain't it but those are my picks for week number 16 of the nfl like i said at the beginning of the video comment down below let me know who you guys think is coming out winners and losers in this week's slate of games love to hear y'all opinions make sure you hit that like button subscribe button uh, button whoa excuse me button and i will see you all next time have a good one